What is good, everybody? Welcome back to Real Basketball Talk. No hot takes presented to you guys by 265 Media. We are back. As I am recording this, we are officially on day three of the 2022-2023 NBA season. Season kicked off on Tuesday where we had the Boston Celtics host the Philadelphia 76ers and get the win. We also had the Golden State Warriors on their ring night get a big time win over the Los Angeles Lakers. Again, it is now Thursday. Currently, as I'm recording this, the Lakers are playing the Clippers. And with that, I want to jump right into this because I actually wanted to make this episode before the season even started. This has been weighing on my mind for a minute. And I really hate to say this because I appreciate the talent on this team. But I'm here today to tell you guys that I'm officially giving up on the Brooklyn Nets. And I know a lot of y'all have probably already done that. You look at the Kyrie situation from last year. You look at all the th- different things that have gone on from James Harden requesting a trade, you know, them having Steve Nash, all these different rotating pieces, trading, again, James Harden and getting Ben Simmons in return. It's a lot of things going on in Brooklyn. And when I just look at the situation, like when they first came together, I loved it because I appreciate the talents that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are. They're two of my favorite players of all time. KD is 6'11", 7 feet, can literally get a bucket from anywhere. Nobody can really block a shot like that. Kyrie is just one of the all-time great talents we've ever seen in this game before. His handle is second to none. He's one of the best under-the-rim finishers. Not even just under the rim, but he's one of the best finishers, period. Above the rim, below the rim, whatever you want to say. Kyrie gets the job done. And with that, though, I just look at it like it's too many things that kind of have to do with basketball, but really don't have anything that to do with basketball. And it's just, I can't see them figuring this out. And Joe Sy and Sean Marks, like this really starts from the top all the way on down to the players on the court, if we're being honest. Again, Joe Sy, the owner, Sean Marks, the GM, hiring Steve Nash, I didn't think was the right move. You had Kenny Atkinson, as we all know, one of my favorite coaches in the league. I think he should be a head coach right now. No doubt about it in my mind. You had Jock Vaughn for that little run in the bubble. You had really good, talented pieces like Karis Levert and Jared Allen. Of course, both those guys are now doing their thing. Cleveland's going to be an exciting team this year, and Cleveland's probably going to end up being better than Brooklyn sooner rather than later. And I just look at it like this situation is so ugly. It's so terrible. And I honestly am mad at myself for believing that this could work because You look at it now, like KD tweeted himself. He said, today's game is a wings game. You have to have wings that can not only go out and get you 15 to 20 on a consistent basis, but that can also go on the other end of the court and guard guys like Luka Doncic and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and all these other guys. You need that. And they don't really have that. And a lot of people love the idea of Ben Simmons. How many years have we been hearing people say, if Ben Simmons just gets a jump shot, he's one of the best players in the league. People have literally been saying that for five years and they're still holding on to that myth. Let it go. And I have nothing against Ben Simmons, but I'm just like, he clearly doesn't care about really developing a skill set like that because he hasn't done it and he hasn't shown us any improvements in his game. Is he a good passer? Of course. Is he a good defensive player? Of course. In transition, he can make the right reads, go on full speed. He does good things. I'm not saying he's worthless. I'm not saying he doesn't add value to this team because he does because they, they miss defense, but... They don't have enough defenders to really make him look elite. But with that being said, though, let's stick to Ben Simmons for a second. Unlike a lot of people, the only issue that I've ever had with Ben Simmons in his entire career going back to high school 
it's not even the fact that he has not developed a jumper, even though that is an issue because you get paid millions of dollars to just simply get better at basketball. My biggest issue with Ben Simmons is that he has not even developed a floater. That's the least he could do. If Ben Simmons were really invested in being a great basketball player, sometimes when you get millions, you don't really care about being great. You don't really have aspirations to keep going because you can get millions and just get stagnant. And I'm not saying that's him exactly, but that could be the case. And I'm not mad at him if it is the case. But he's not built like the average NBA player. He's 6'9", can handle a little bit, again, can pass and defend. My thing with Ben Simmons, I just wish he would get a floater. That's it. Get a little floater, a little flip shot. So when they try and use you like Draymond Green and they have you setting screens and slipping screens and getting you into the paint, you can have that little floater to rely on. But he doesn't even have that. And that is the biggest issue I have with Ben Simmons. Dude, you've been blessed with opportunities to play on amazing teams. Going all the way back to Montverde, even when he was at LSU with Antonio Blakeney and they barely missed the NCAA tournament, he was still playing on a good team, and he was one of the better players in the country. And ever since, it's just like, dog, you have not gotten better whatsoever. So I just don't see what's going on. And so I'm not going to harp on Ben Simmons too much because I really could, and I want to rant on him, but I'm not going to. But let's get back to Kyrie and KD. With those two, we all know the proof is in the pudding. Neither one of them have been able to lead a quality playoff team like that for the most part. Kyrie did his thing with LeBron back in 2016 when they won it all, of course, had one of the most historic shots in all of NBA Finals history. KD played next to Russell Westbrook. That fit was always clunky. They did have success. They went to the finals back when they were younger against the Heat, of course, when they lost. But ever since both those, neither one of those guys have consistently shown that they could lead a playoff or contending team. And it's nothing wrong with that because KD did do a good job a couple of years ago when they went and played against the Milwaukee Bucks and they lost in that game seven and his foot was just barely on the line and Kyrie got hurt and James Harden was dealing with that hamstring injury. He wasn't himself. KD looked amazing. But to me, that did not look sustainable. He had that great game five performance where he absolutely took over and Jeff Green was a big part in that of helping him out. And Kyrie, of course, got hurt, I think, in what, game three, game four with that ankle injury. But, like, they just... This is a bad situation, man. Everything about this is just terrible. And don't even get me started on Steve Nash because I appreciate Steve Nash. I grew up in the era where Steve Nash was in his prime and basketball to me was at his best. You know, with Kobe Bryant in his prime, Tim Duncan, Dirk, T-Mac, all those guys. It's one of my favorite generations of the NBA of all time. But with that being said, Steve Nash was a player development coach in Golden State. And he has a great relationship with Kevin Durant, even though KD came out this past summer and said, if y'all don't get rid of Steve, I'm requesting a trade and I don't want to be here anymore. And so Kyrie came out and said that brothers fight, it happens, families fight, and they make up and they do what they do and they get past it. That's whatever. But I'm just saying from the standpoint of you guys hire Steve Nash based off Sean Marsh relationship because they're former teammates, him and Steve Nash, and then KD's relationship because, again, they had a great relationship in Golden State. And Steve Nash had never proven a single thing that he could be a real successful NBA coach. Most coaches don't get the honor and the privilege of getting their first head coaching job in the NBA and being able to coach great talents like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. That's just not how it works. And then on top of that, in his brain, is literally tattooed on his brain to think like Mike D'Antoni because, of course, Mike D'Antoni helped Steve Nash 
I won't say he helped him win those two MVPs, but he put him in the situations to where he could win those two MVPs. And with that, he believes that Mike D'Antoni's way of playing basketball is successful. And I think to a certain extent, Mike D'Antoni's way of playing basketball is successful. The way he did things with James Harden, the way he did things back in the day with Damari Stoudemire, Steve Nash, it works to a certain extent. But to me, it does not correlate into winning basketball. And RIP Kobe Bryant, he had an interview back in the day saying this, like when you're playing that type of style and when you're isolating every single offensive possession, you're putting the ball in one dude's hands and expecting him to carry an offense and you're putting him on the same places on the court every single time down, the defense is going to get used to that. And they're going to start throwing different looks at them and they're going to make life harder on them. And then most importantly, they're going to start asking for other dudes to beat them. They're going to force the ball out of these dudes' hands. And so when I look at it, let's just look at the on-court fit. First of all, as much as I love Kyrie, he's more so of a shooting guard than a point guard because point guards, they lead the team. They run the team. They're an extension of the coach on the floor. They know how to be vocal. They know how to get guys into their spots. They know how to make guys better. As much as I love Kyrie, he is a bucket getter. He's one of the best bucket getters to me in NBA history. Again, he's unguardable. I haven't seen anybody be able to slow him down consistently. He gets to his spots. He can rise and fire, all of that. But again, he's not a real point guard. And so with Kyrie, and when you have a guy like Kyrie, you need a point guard next to him to truly and fully maximize his game because you take the pressure off of him of having to be a playmaker. And he can make plays for other people he can make the right reads. I'm not saying he can't pass at all, but I'm saying as a point guard, your job is to set guys up consistently. And Kyrie's just never been that dude. And that's okay because he's such a talented scorer and you want him to score. But with that though, in the full spectrum of the team, you need somebody that can run the show. And so you look at the rest of the roster, people want Ben Simmons to be that point guard. I'll say this again, just because a guy can pass and he has a good passing ability, does not automatically correlate to him being a point guard. That's not how it works. Ben Simmons is good. I personally think if you want to maximize Ben Simmons, play him as a power forward. Play him how the Golden State Warriors play Draymond Green. That is how you maximize Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is not a point guard. He was dominant in high school because he was 6'10", fast as lightning, and nobody could stay in front of him. But this is the NBA. There's plenty of dudes in the NBA now that can guard him and stay in front of him and don't even have to guard him out on the perimeter because they know he's not going to take shots. So you can't have him running the show. Patty Mills is almost the same thing as Kyrie in the fact that he's an undersized shooting guard. He loves to run off screens and get shots up. He's not a guy that you want to ask to run the show for you if you're a coach. And then you look at it like, so who can be the point guard on this team? I don't know. Honestly, don't know. I don't think anybody can. And that's my biggest concern. I always say the point guard position, if I'm coaching, when I get into coaching, I think I will. I know I am going to get into coaching eventually. The point guard position is the most important position for the reasons I just mentioned a couple minutes ago. Essentially, you are the extension of your coach on the floor. Your coach is going to demand the most out of the point guard position because they know you're running the show. You're supposed to get people in their right spots. You're supposed to be vocal. You're supposed to set the tone. And they don't have anybody on the team that could do that. And on top of them, not having good wing defenders. Yeah, they brought in Royce O'Neal. But outside of that, like, KD and Kyrie are solid defenders. They're not liabilities by any means, but I wouldn't necessarily categorize them as elite defenders. And then again, Ben Simmons, he can be a, an elite defender when he's really bought in and believes in the system. Royce O'Neal is solid. Outside of that, Kessler Edwards is up and coming. He's still young. He's still figuring things out. I think he'll be fine down the line, but right now he's still young. They don't have that perimeter defense. And on top of that, 
they don't even have the rim protection in the Eastern Conference where you got to go against Giannis, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, all these guys, all these big time wings that can get to the rack at will. So when I look at the Nets, it's like, ultimately, they can score with anybody in the league. When you have two dynamic scorers like KD and Kyrie, you can score with anybody in the NBA. They showed it last year, even though they got swept to the Boston Celtics, all four of those games, for the most part, were competitive. They were all hard-earned victories by the Celtics. And you have to give the Celtics a lot of credit because they still did their thing. But at the same time, Brooklyn did give it close. They did keep it close at the least. And so when I just look at them, man, they don't have any identity. They don't stand on any principles. They what, what are the Nets known for outside of offense? We've never seen a team win an NBA championship with their main identity being offense. People think the Golden State Warriors are all about their three-point shooting, but that's not the case. When you look at the Warriors, look at how many easy buckets Draymond Green generates on top of the great shooting skills of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, on top of the fact that all the guys on the Warriors team, for the most part, can guard at a high level. And so you look at the past champions in just the past few years. Last year, you had Golden State. They defended their butts off. Andrew Wiggins was amazing in the finals. Year before that, the Milwaukee Bucks, as great as Giannis is on the other end of the floor, you have Giannis playing free safety, being able to block everything at the rim. Same thing with Brooke Lopez. Drew Holiday is one of the best defensive players on the perimeter in the league. You have Chris Middleton, who can guard two. Wesley Matthews can guard his butt off too. So it's just like P.J. Tucker on top of that. You need to play defense nowadays. Defense still wins championships, ladies and gentlemen. Please don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Look at the four teams just last year that played in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. A lot of people were surprised that Jason Kidd was able to maximize the defensive potential of the Dallas Mavericks last year. I just talked about the Warriors. I just talked about the Celtics and how great they are with Rob Will, Tatum, Brown, and all those guys, Marcus Smart. The Miami Heat, same thing. They don't have that much offense, so they got to hang their hard hats on defense. And so when I look at Brooklyn, it's just, man, I want them to figure it out. Deep down, I truly do. But I don't believe in their head coach. I don't believe in their front office to make the right moves. KD and Kyrie have a history of just not really being able to lead successful teams like that in the postseason. Let me be specific when I say that. In the postseason, they can get the job done the regular season, even though I personally think they're probably going to finish off as like a seven seed. I'm being honest. That's what I see for them. I think last year they were the seven seed, if I'm not mistaken. They got into that first round and they played against Boston. So I believe they were the seven seed before getting swept. So it's just like I see the same thing for them this year. And of course, you're going to have Kyrie for all the games because the vaccine mandate is no longer a thing. But even then, as much as I love Kyrie, he gets hurt sometimes. And KD, too, injuries happen. So I'm not going to say they're both just injury prone, but they happen. And so I don't want that to happen. But just looking at the overall lens and perspective of the Brooklyn Nets, I don't see it, man. I just don't. I don't see what they hang their hard hats on. I don't see the chemistry. I don't see the passion for the game. I don't see the belief in their coach. Like, the players are solid. Don't get it twisted. It's not a terrible roster by any means. But when you look at the rest of the East, I'm definitely taking Milwaukee over them. I'm definitely taking Boston over them. Miami, you can question it. I might take them. We don't have the offense to really keep up with them, but I do think defensively we match up with them great. Cleveland, they're still young and figuring it out. They don't really have playoff experience, but I think down the line they'll be better than Brooklyn. You know, and so Philly is definitely better than Brooklyn because they don't have, I just mentioned, they don't have any rim protection. So I know they can't stop Joel Embiid whatsoever. They probably can't stop James Harden 
and I know that they can't stop Tyrese Maxey because we haven't even seen the best of Tyrese Maxey. The best of Tyrese Maxey is yet to come. I just don't like it. I don't like the makeup. I don't like anything about this team, man. Other than KD and Kyrie, that's the only belief that anybody could really have in the Brooklyn Nets. And so my rant is over. Please, as always, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. We appreciate you guys tapping in with us. I just had to get that off my chest, man, because I'm over him. I wanted to believe in the Nets so bad when KD and Kyrie decided to join up and go to the East Coast and be in, in New York and not be on the Knicks and different things like that. But I'm just looking at it now like it is what it is. Like you just can't believe in this team. This is not even me talking about this because they lost to Brook or excuse me, because they lost to New Orleans. I have been having this feeling for a minute in my head. I just had to put it on wax and put it on the podcast because what they're doing up there, it looks good. It sounds good. The idea sounds good. But at the end of the day, it just is not good, man. So as always, I appreciate you guys for listening. Please like, comment, rate, review, and subscribe, and all those good things that I just mentioned. Peace and love. God.